0: You might have the same story. My dad used to take me and my brother John for haircuts. Even as kids we would go to his barber in Kenilworth, New Jersey, Luton's, run by Lou and Tony. Dad always had Tony and John and I would go to Lou. I liked going to the barbershop. I liked going with my dad, of course, but it was also the environment. The room, the mirrors, the products scattered along the countertops, especially the container with that mysterious blue liquid, where combs were dunked, ostensibly to get sterilized. My brother John also has memories of going to the barbershop. It's where he found his first Playboy. It was the one place in the world you were allowed to read Playboy. For me, most of all I liked were the jokes and the banter. I was so little in the chair, but I felt among men. I also liked the process, the detail the craftsmanship, the precision. Snips with scissors, then the razor, then scissors again, and just when you thought he was done, Lou would stoop down to your eye level, but what he was doing was lining up the eyebrows. Then the finale, the 10:30 number. This was the hot towel, which was steamy and hot, and you close your eyes as it falls on your face, and you breathe in lemon. Finally, you were shown the mirror to see your back and approve the work. You nod gravely, smile, and say, nice, thanks, Lou. Moving upstate to the Hudson Valley, the mythology is you still go back to the city for four things, doctors, theater, smoke fish, and haircuts. So doctors, well, I'm happily enjoying an experiment right now with a local dentist, a local ENT, a local eye doctor, and I'm even starting to interview for a regular, you know, day-to-day doctor to have someone to call in emergencies. I wrote down my appointment wrong the other day and showed up late for a specialist. I was mortified. In the city, I would have to pay the missed appointment fee. But here? Oh, don't worry about it, sweetie. Let's just get you rescheduled. Then there's theater. I miss Broadway, and I will eventually return to those seats. But right now, I am very satisfied with live theater and music at Bard Summerscape. And I might even try the outdoor stage at the Elmendorf one of these days. Smoke fish? Well, clearly. Brian will never give up wrestling orders in New York, so that's true. I think he's already ordered for Yum Kipper Break the Fast. Haircuts, though? Well, as you'll see, I think I've lucked out. I'm Metzucker, and this is City It, learning to live and love life in the Hudson Valley. Episode 51 You Have to Meet My Barber. Josh Santoja is cool and funny. He helps run the Hudson Outpost of Pugsley's, a hip barber, possibly the only hip barber within 20 miles of me. I found Pugsley's first in Kingston when I needed a cut and I didn't want to go to the city. Pugsley had all the right trappings. Guys with tattoos, quirky furniture, dead animal stuffings on the walls. This could have been Brooklyn or Portland. Later I lucked out because Andrew and Michael, who run Finch, a furniture store in Hudson, started to sublet the space in the back of their Finch's clubhouse to Pugsley's. And there I met Josh, which helped Brian meet Josh, and my father-in-law Morty met Josh, and Chris met Josh, Ron met Josh. Half my world started to meet Josh. Josh and I are both fairly chatty, so I told him about the podcast, which he got a kick out of. He had a pillar of stickers from all sorts of companies, and I asked him if I could put up a at sticker on it, and he said of course, and I dropped one off. Like any barbershop, there's this masculine vibe, people taking the piss out of each other, arguments over taste in music, the occasional child showing up in a chair. On this special episode, Josh and I will talk about his growing up here, and about his love for camping, which is something I've really never tried. We also play a new game called Hudson Valley Geography, which I think I'm going to start to play with more guests. Hi, Josh. Hi, Matt. Thanks so much for coming on the show. I would love to hear more about you because I I see you every six
1: weeks, but I don't know if I know you. So, like, tell us where you grew up and where you've lived. So I grew up in Red Hook, um, very close to where you are in Tifoli but I also lived in Woodstock prior to that. Most of my family's from Ulster County area and some sort, and they all kind of moved away from Ulster County. But now my folks are still in Red Hook, but I lived there for the past 20 years or so, at least on the Dutchess County side of things, which is way different from the Ulster County side of things, which is which is funny. How so? I don't know. There's a An Ulster side versus the Duchess side, everybody compares which one is better. I personally like the Duchess County side. I think it's for the landscape of some sort, but also. Oh, you think of
0: the geography thing? Like the Duchess is more farm and
1: open? Yeah, but also like the towns are way different. If you think of Red Hook and Rhinebeck and they compare Kingston and New Paltz together, like they're pretty different. You know, I can see Red Hook having some similarity to uh, New Paltz with Bard College and New Paltz College, but. You know, Bard and Newport are totally apart in some levels. So, if you were trying to tell tell someone that
0: if they were house shopping, they were trying to look to move here, how would you how would you describe those towns in Dutchess versus Ulster if they had to pick the right place to live?
1: I feel like Ulster, you either live within the city or way on the outskirts. Uh, I know that could be said for Duchess County too, but. It just seems like Red Hook and Rhinebeck, and you know Hudson, and the towns on this side of the river feel like they're just a little bit—I don't know—more walkable, more fun, more family-oriented. And maybe that's just my, you know, take from not living in Ulster County forever. I always felt like it was kind of like a drive to get somewhere into New Paltz or into Woodstock. But I enjoyed Red Hook mostly for the school district we were very fortunate for where we were to go to school and having the opportunities to just grow up in a beautiful area too. You know, you have the mountains at your leisure, but you also have the other side of the river to kind of like hang out and look at them too.
0: So what was Red Hook like from a kid's point of view?
1: Boring, very boring. (laughs) You know, it's like, I guess the weekend party scene for a high schooler would definitely be in somebody's finished basement or a field party or a woods party, but, as you get older, you realize there's a lot more things to do there than you did when you were a kid. There's hiking, kayaking, you know, bicycling, anything you really think of outdoors, skiing, snowboarding, is that your leisure.
0: A fields party and a woods party. I mean, I grew up in the suburbs, so we had woods, but we <laughs> didn't have fields party and woods party. What happens there?
1: It's either in some random field that you find off the side of the road, like out by you in Tivoli area, or your friend's parents have acreage in their their backyard and you just go set up back there with a bonfire or something like that something different
0: what about growing up all around animals i mean did you go cow tipping was there free the sheep no. or anything like that
1: no even though i love chris farley and i wish that i went cow tipping at some point in my life just on the basis of tommy boy but uh no no cow tipping i've worked on a couple farms but like I don't know you don't really see that many animals I guess on a day-to-day you don't or you don't even realize it like Sawkill Farm and all that stuff that wasn't there prior 10 years ago so there wasn't the agriculture wasn't as heavy I feel like you know 10 years ago or 15 years ago where it was more visible where now you can see things a lot more uh, frequently you know just driving down the road of farm stands and cool places to go out to eat or something like that on a weekend with music
0: what kind of farm jobs did you have
1: let's see i worked at a, a little farm it's called nap farm in lagrange my father worked for a construction company they had a farm that's where i spent a few summers in my early days before restaurant work uh let's see we did goats we threw hay we took care of the guinea hens we did all kinds of random anything that needed labor kind of around the the property we'd whacking with electrical fences there and touching them every five seconds on accident <laughs>
0: And what's made you stick around the Hudson Valley? I mean, you've lived all over it.
1: I guess the fact that my family is here, but I'm fortunate where my family lives in different parts of the Hudson Valley. So my fiance and I, Lauren, we live in Carmel. So we're pretty far South of uh, Red Hook or Hudson. I think that gives a nice diversity between where we can go because we can go into the city if we really wanted to or if we go back up to my parents' house within an hour or my older brother and sister-in-law and niece live in Saratoga Springs. I, I just think like being able to do whatever you want in the Hudson Valley. You can go New York to the mountains. You know, within a few hours, it's pretty diverse. I think that's what kept has kept me here the most. I don't think there's many places like that in the United States where you have such extreme within a few hours, besides California.
0: And, and you're a big camping buff,
1: right? So yeah. you really take uh, I wouldn't call it me it. a buff, but definitely. Uh, I love to love to go camping. We, we grew up camping. We grew up in the mountain Lauren and I love to go camping when we can.
0: So I grew up going to Jewish summer camp, but I don't think that's the same kind of camping.
1: No, (laughs) you know, our camp was very simplistic. I've done backpacking before we've gone out for a few days to do like a couple peaks or something like that. And you got to go find your own water or, you know, you got to pack your bag very minimalistically. Um, that's the most extreme i've done but we mostly camp out of our car so you you just rent a state site you pull up with what gear you want you can kind of bring whatever you want at that point you'll overpack for the first five years you do it but eventually we have a small tote that we put our our tent and everything else into the the tote and we just drive to our campsite set up eat drink hang out do whatever
0: so what do you bring what do you bring that you didn't need and what do you need people to remember uh, to
1: bring don't bring in an abundance of clothes you won't go through all of them i find myself bringing 10 million t-shirts or whatever because i think i'm going to want to change multiple times throughout the day after hiking you are the same same t-shirt nonstop. um things do bring good skillet something good to cook on
0: a skillet
1: yeah i always carry around my my cast iron a cast iron A good cutting board and a good knife, I think, is the way to go, and you'll figure out what you need, like, fork and knife-wise or whatever to help you move things around. It becomes pretty easy, really quickly. Do you buy
0: cool tools, like a spork?
1: We have sporks, actually. (laughs) We definitely have sporks. (laughs) We have titanium sporks with our plastic bowls and plastic uh, reusable plates.
0: What's the one thing you don't have for camping that I should get you for a wedding gift? The Nomad Grill. What is that?
1: It's a grill that folds up like a briefcase. So it's very portable. But you can start it with either wood or charcoal. So it's just like a small portable charcoal, but it keeps the heat within it. It retains all the heat for it for multiple hours. So you could sit there and cook like an oven almost uh, pretty much all day long. It's one of those bougie camping gear nerdy kind of grills that they get the targeted ads for after, (laughs) you know, you look up REI's website multiple times.
0: All right. Game on. Game on. Okay. Let's, let's do, let's do the geography thing a little more. Let's play Hudson Valley geography where I name a town and you, say the first thing that comes to mind, whether it's an animal or a metaphor or something else,
1: all right? Okay. Okay. Rhinebeck. The Hamptons. Hudson. Diamond in the Rough. Kingston. Fun. New Pulse. Kind of hippie-ish. (laughs) Want to be hippie. Long Island Bro meets Hippie. Woodstock. Woodstock, I would give it New York. Cold Spring. Hiking Woods. Germantown. Stewart's. <laughs> <laughs> <Gold> Stewart's. <is. laughs> Red Hook. Quaint. Claverack. Bikes.
0: Socrates. <laughs> uh,
1: very odd. Lagrange. Farmland. Lots of farmland. Beacon. Good restaurant scene. Catskill. Summer school. Bad memories. <laughs> Athens. The place next to Catskill that nobody went to. (laughs) Saratoga. Uh, Family. Thanksgiving. Christmas. Albany. College. Troy. Alternate college that uh, is very sketchy.
0: (laughs) That other town next to Albany with all the car dealerships.
1: Uh, Latham?
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Car dealerships. Yeah, <laughs> our dealerships.
0: <laughs> now let's talk about city because you know I'm a city you're not, mm-hmm. but you see them, especially in the work you do every day. I'd love to get your advice on what you see people doing right and what you see people doing wrong, because after all, this is an educational show.
1: Right. I think everything goes with a grain of salt, but I know people are very excited that are visiting some of the upstate towns are going outside um maybe it's their first time going outside and i just don't know you know there's really no fault on anybody i'm a tourist whenever i go somewhere now but some of the things i've noticed over the years within restaurant work and now i'm a barber so it's more personal and i think it's more one-on-one time with people where i can actually pick up their vibes um is the the immediate expectancy of absolutely everything you know we like at a restaurant like if you don't get it if it's upstate it has to be right away you know what i mean where if you told somebody there was weight it seems like things could go wrong with that just the immediate you know approval and acceptance of everything you know like having it right then and there um because it's not how it is you know we are Busy businesses of some sort of, you know, whatever it is, and it can't be taken rudely. It just takes time sometimes.
0: Do people expect different things when they schedule an appointment or when they show up early or on time?
1: Um, no, no. I think everybody's very cordial with the barbershop. I feel like I have a, you know, after the past six years came of barbering, that also came with almost 10 years of restaurant work. So I feel like my like personality, like of like being able to talk to people and like just, you know, greeting them well, I think that kind of really helps me um, because I want to know you, I want to be your friend. You know, every time I have a new customer, I want them to feel comfortable and I want to chat and talk about, and I learn, you know, what they like or what they do, you know, this is how you and I got along or you and Brian. Um, so I think when people come in for the first time, you kind of either figure out which way it's going to go either. Hey, how's it going? You know, and nice I see you again, Matt, you know, and you get a good response back where you go, Hey, how's it going? It's like, hi, <laughs> you can kind of feel exactly where that's going to go.
0: Has anyone done anything like really crazy or outrageous from a city point of view, like that they should never do that. We should all learn from.
1: I had a guy ask me to call him a cab to drive him two blocks down the street. That was interesting. <laughs> um, also, we don't have all the same amenities <laughs> upstate, like city bikes or Uber or Lyft. So it's kind of awkward when you have to explain to somebody that we don't have certain types of amenities. But, you know, everything's pretty equally mattered, I think, back and forth.
0: What, what are your recommendations for somebody who wants to come up here weekends or or full time in terms of what they should do for do for fun or, or where to
1: live? It depends on what you want. If you want a quieter lifestyle, I think some of the towns like Red Hook or Rhinebeck or even Cold Spring kind of handle more of the quiet act, aspect at least. But if you want like fun things to do, you want to be close in the proximity to like say uh, a bar to walk to or whatever. Hudson is great. Hudson's got tons of restaurants.
0: And uh, Kingston, and Kingston.
1: Yeah, Uptown Kingston. I lived there for just about seven years. I loved living in uptown Kingston. I could walk to the cocktail bar or go out to eat across the street to the French restaurant, or whatever. That's a fun walkable city. New Paltz is fun too. You, you can live in the village and on the outskirts of New Paltz and still walk in a little bit and that's a good, good time to have. just depends if you want to deal with college students for most of the wintertime or something like that.
0: What are those towns in between Kingston and New Paltz? Like I've been to Stone Ridge. Yeah, And I've been to one of the other ones, too. There's a bunch of cute little towns down that corridor.
1: Stone Ridge, High Falls, Rosendale. They're all super cute. They're all quaint. You know what? They all remind me of Tivoli, which is cool. You know, you have a good restaurant, uh, maybe a good bar, a good pizza spot, and that's it. Uh, And maybe some other small stuff in there, like a deli or whatever. I, I base everything that I like around food, essentially. (laughs) <laughs> if there's good food, I'm, I'm, I'm there.
0: <laughs> so Josh, I, I, I know you from your job because I'm a customer. <laughs> <And> I <laughs> come every six weeks and right, right. re, regularly I am in your chair at your disposal, but tell me about your, your, your business and how you got started.
1: So I, uh, I managed the Pugsley's Barbershop location of Hudson, which is in, in the back of the Finch store. I'm a barber. I've been a barber for about I think this September will be six years, six or seven. It's actually kind of a, a really cool story. My, my mother works in Uptown Kingston where our original location is 3 Main Street. And it was a walk-in show, only shop. My buddy Mike started it 13 years ago. And uh, my mom was always like, you guys should go to that new barbershop, you know? because we only had malls and salons and... You know, maybe the the old man who had a a significant name of the butcher and he didn't really want to go to him. But uh we went to Pugsley's. My friend Mike cut my hair for many moons. And then over the years I we got talking, we opened up our second location, he asked me to apprentice with him, and then now we have the the location in Hudson together as like a, a third location, which is very cool. Um Totally different from the other two stores. It's like the only cool barbershop, really. It is definitely cool because it also houses what we like to do: is get to know people and become friends with them, and keep a tight, niche, clean crew, which is fun.
0: And what percentage of your customers are like regulars, like me and Brian and Chris and Ron
1: and Eddie? Oh. Everybody. I, th- I think I've been very lucky that I've retained 98% of my clientele.
0: And you bring Teddy, your dog, to, to work. Now, does he have any specific roles or jobs at the office?
1: I, I wish. <laughs> I wish he would uh, he would sweep the floor instead of chasing the broom. His job is to to stand in the window and, and have people stop and... Look at the the pretty dog in the back. He's, he's a good guy.
0: He's
1: funny. <laughs> Teddy is a pretty dog.
0: Josh and I also talked about attention, real or mythical, among weekenders, newcomers, and those who've always been from here. It's been a big topic, especially during the pandemic, as there's been an influx of people, Teslas, crazy behaviors, and of course,
1: skyrocketing real estate. I, w- I will say this, and it does piss me off a lot. Like, the people that say, the local people that say, you know, go back home. You're making too much traffic. Like the the sad part about that is, is those people just don't understand that you need tourism to have any of these fun things that they're enjoying. Yeah, that's good to hear because I've gotten some backlash too. It, it, it's annoying. You know, it's kind of funny that upstate New York, which I don't really consider Dutchess County upstate. I, I know, right? Back to Albany, right? You know? it, it's kind of funny that's like upstate. It's like very country.
0: We're mid Hudson Valley.
1: Yeah, you know, like I, I went to school with kids that had <sighs> fucking Confederate flags in the back of their trucks. Oh my god! But their parents grew up in the Bronx. <sighs> I just think people get a little lost and a little caught up in their own ways. I could give advice, just ignore it, just ignore the hatred that you're bringing money in business or you know say you did buy during this pandemic and say you, you bought for an astronomical price over it like cool good for you you know that's your prerogative that's you made it to do that you know I would be doing the same thing if I lived in a, a small city of millions of people and I wanted to get the hell out so ignore that stuff because nobody needs that you know like there's a difference between tourism and people moving here. The people that moved here respect the swimming hole and probably will clean all their stuff out of there on a day to day. The people that are visiting for the day or the weekend are probably the, the troublemakers that are doing, you know, you, you see all these posts on the Hudson Valley, of, like, you know, we had to close Little Deep or Big Deep in Woodstock because there was 13 pounds of trash found over the weekend. Mm which is extremely fucked up and I hate that, but I doubt it's the people that are going to be living next door to you every single day. Yeah, yeah. Pick up your trash and don't use a a Bluetooth speaker while you're hiking in the woods. Listen to the birds. Watch out the bears coming after you.
0: (laughs) Wait, hold on, explain that. Don't use a Bluetooth speaker while you're hiking.
1: Don't have music playing while you're hiking. Nobody wants to hear it. Oh, and speaker people do that? Oh, yeah. (sighs) Go hiking on a Saturday morning at Overlook Mountain, Woodstock. You'll 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 be listening to all all the music.
0: (laughs) People just play it out loud. That's amazing. We call that chutzpah, my people. Hope you like meeting Josh. More great interviews coming this season. If you love audio like I love audio, you should know that my book, Bronze Seek Silver, is now out on audiobook. Recorded at station WKZE 98.1 FM right here in Red Hook. Thank you, WKZE. It's not only the story of my career in advertising, but full of lessons about selling brands, building relationships, and managing careers. Join me as I try to get jobs, get promoted, get fired, meet celebrities like Cynthia Harris and Alicia Keys, try to learn yoga, and even go to a spanking party. Find it on Audible, Amazon, and Apple Audiobooks. If you're thinking of joining Audible, please use the link in my code in the intro notes. Resumes have stories, and this is mine. Thanks again for listening to City, at winner of Best Regional Podcast in the 2021 Chronogrammies. Please review it in the Apple Podcast Store. It helps people find us. It's hot and muggy in the Hudson Valley, but I'm headed outside anyway. Brian just got me another Eero booster, so now there's Wi-Fi, even at the picnic table out back. Come visit.